Hello, everyone. Welcome to As We Go Podcast. This is your host, Blake Patterson, speaking. Today, we had AJ come on, and it was a total blast. You guys are really going to love him. And yeah, we talk about just like him growing up and stuff like that and getting to know him better. So stay tuned and thanks for jumping on. Well, AJ, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, glad to be here. Glad it's a beautiful day and we're sitting inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to figure this out, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, got some tough news today, I guess. Yeah, so bummed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, uh, we had our 2020 missions conference. That was going to be in Iowa City. And it was canceled. Yeah, I'm really bummed about it, actually, but... What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You know, twenty twenty strikes again. Yeah, how's your day been elsewise? Ah, not too bad. Had a Thai class this morning. Uh, getting somewhere on that finally, which is <laughs> fun to see. Um, and then just went to a coffee shop, worked on some homework, worked on updates. Terrible at getting my updates out. Yeah, I mean those are. I always feel they're kind of weird now because you're just like, am I trying to prove my worth a little bit in this email? At least that's what I feel. But Yeah, that's the hard part is like to fill it out. It's just like, well, I'm still in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, AJ, I uh, got some questions for you. Some of them will be pretty fun for sure. Um, we'll start off pretty easy. Where are you from? So I am from the great town of Garner, Iowa. The jewel on the crown of Iowa is, uh, <laughs> is what they call it. Is that on, like, the sign or something? Uh, it was. I thought I got rid of the sign, which is sad. This little piece of history oh. is just gone, but... Shoot. Yeah, you ask anyone from Garner, they'll, they'll know. Huh. Okay. Uh, and so you grew up in Garner for, like, all throughout high school then? Yep. Until yep, I was 18 years old. Okay. And what was it like growing up there? What were you like as like a kid and stuff? Um, Garner is a great place to grow. I mean, small town, but tons of great people. I mean, you, if you just look at the salt network, like we have, you know, four people now from Garner that are working for it. Um, me, I was so awkward <laughs> growing up. I, um, yeah, was a bit of a nerd, uh, big Star Wars kid. Uh, there were definitely some times where I chose not to hang out with people instead just go watch Star Wars or read a Star Wars book or whatever, you know? Huh. Um, so yeah, that was kind of me growing up was not a ton of friends, but definitely a, definitely a lot of nerd content. Mm. So when you say that, like, were you Star Wars buff or, um, yeah, like you would just do all those things was that elementary school middle school high school like all throughout um yeah up through middle school i would say was yeah i mean who's not awkward in middle school you know yeah yeah, that's true i got an extra dose of that um but yeah just also being from a small town you know you don't always find those same circles of interests Mm. um 
But then like once I hit high school, you know, I had just awesome people who just loved on me, reached out to me and like were willing to meet me where I was at and enjoy the things I did. And so, yeah. So I, so we've had conversations in the past, but tell me a little bit about your friend group, um, especially in high school. Cause I feel like you have some stories going back from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so high school, like freshman year, I was in football and was not a good fit for football at all. I was like five, two and a hundred pounds. And the guy in practice, I was supposed to tackle was at least twice my size. Like he was a D2 linebacker at one point. And long story short, I broke my shoulder trying to tackle this guy. Oh, you were trying to tackle him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how that worked out where I was supposed to tackle him, but... Okay, just yeah. so you guys know, I'm actually from um, a school kind of nearby AJ, and we, like, played you guys in football. And I remember, I think this is the same guy, where he looked like Clay Matthews. Yes. Like, he had, like, the stringy hair and everything. And I remember being a sophomore on the sidelines and being like, <laughs> I really am glad I don't have to be out on that field right now. But you also had a really good running back, um, Van Gerpen. Mm-hmm. That was always fun to watch. But oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's the guy that broke my shoulder. Clay Matthews broke your shoulder. Yeah, basically. basically. <laughs> um, but it was the best thing that could have happened. I mean, while I was sidelined, this guy named Alex Ricky just reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm going to be your friend and I'm going to share Jesus with you. And he did that. And so, like, I think almost against what he would have wanted to do. Like he decided, yes, I'm going to invest in this guy. And so he'd invite me over and we'd just sit there. Cause like I said, I was super awkward. Didn't know what to talk about, but mm. um, eventually we found some things that, you know, we had in common, like Star Wars, like video games and um, all that stuff. And so it just became like a pretty common occurrence, like a couple of times a week. I'd just go to his house after school and we'd hang out and, you know, in that he'd just start, like, sharing the gospel with me. Mm. Um, I will say that's, like, pretty pretty unique for, like, a high school guy. Oh, absolutely. So, like, what, was he always into his faith, or did he, like, get on fire for Jesus, like, in um, high school? Yeah, so he, he had a pretty, um, pretty, yeah, difficult childhood, I'd say, like, he, um, his mom had passed away when he was in middle school and yeah. And some pretty difficult circumstances there, but God just used so many people that were in his life. Um, like, um, I mean, people our age, people Mm. in the community that were praying for him and, um, yeah, he heard the gospel and just fell in love with it Mm. and just decided like, this is what my life is. You know, mm. I belong to God, so I will work for God. You know, I will share his gospel. And mm. I was one of those people that he did that with. Mm. Um, yeah, he has always kind of been a 40-year-old man in a 16-year-old's body. And now he's now he's 26, but he's at least a 50-year-old man. Like, mm. one of his favorite things to do is just, like, sit people down and help them open a Roth IRA. Like, <laughs> I would love that, actually. I would really like that. But, um, but yeah, he was just super faithful. Um, to God in like sharing with me and um, just like getting me in community that just loved Jesus and wanted to share with me. So up until that point, like in high school, did you have any like church background, any like knowledge of who Jesus was, anything um, like that? Yeah, my, I mean, my family went to 
like a small Methodist church in mm-hmm. Garner, but it was a place where the gospel wasn't really, wasn't really shared, wasn't really the priority. And so I grew up not really knowing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, once I just started hearing it from these guys and um, just started seeing like how they lived out their faith, you know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely wrecked me. I was like, yes, that is what I want. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want the peace that they have. I like, I want the community they have. I want um, just to understand like how they have so much hope when, you know, life can feel so empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, was there anything in talking with Ricky, like as a high schooler, was there anything you were going through at that time? Or was it just a matter of like, he reached out to you and said, I'm going to be your friend. And through that, like, yeah, um, it was really that. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up like I said, really awkward, not a ton of friends sure. and really just felt that, like felt that loneliness and kind of felt the hopelessness from that. And what he just showed me is like, you don't need to feel that. Like mm. God is there for you. God has done so much to like, you know, restore you in relationship with him. It's like, there is no one you will ever be able to be closer to than God because he fully understands who you are and knows everything that you are and everything that you've done. And yet he still like sent Jesus to hmm. like die for that, you know, to pay that debt back so that if I would trust him, then like I would be his son, you know, hmm. I'd be adopted into his family. And I think that's what at first just really resonated with me about, um, about Christianity is this like, God is so personal. Like God hmm. knows you and he loves you and he has done so much just to make, sure that you know that Mm, wow that's really cool Hmm. so i know i think correct me if i'm wrong but there was like a church that like all the gardener people at least like the people we know like that are on staff and stuff Mm. um again correct me if i'm wrong but there was like one church that did that like was Ricky involved in like this church is that like the church you got plugged into yeah yeah Garner E. Free um so like our bible study that we did it was all student-led but it was um it was all like through Garner E. Free uh Eric Williams was our youth pastor and oh my gosh what a guy (laughs) he was absolutely crazy dude but like was so just perfectly like had just the right personality to be working with high school students, you know? Hmm. Um, but yeah, so actually Jordan Adams, um, um, yeah, ministry leader in, uh, Minneapolis church plant. Hmm. He like helped start this high school ministry that like I got saved in that so many of our friends like got connected with, got saved in. So yeah, Jordan helped. Oh gosh, I want to get this right. Cause there's, there's like a direct lineage of like the people that Jordan shared the gospel with that ended up like leading to me hearing the gospel. Hmm. It's like Jordan shared the gospel with a guy who shared the gospel um, with his brother who shared the gospel with another guy who like discipled uh, Ricky who eventually shared the gospel with me. Wow. And it's like even that far back, like it's so cool just to see how God is like, yeah, was that work even then, like, calling me in and calling all these other people, too, that have been able to hear the gospel, like, because of all those people, because of me, like, just that God was faithful to bless that ministry so far back is so cool to me. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, small towns go, like, that is so unique. Like, I don't know what Gardner, the rest of Gardner was like, but for me, it was, like, my small town was either Lutheran or Catholic. Mm. And, like, you're not gonna hear the gospel there. If you are, like, it's probably a mistake that it came out or whatever, you know. Um, Yeah. But. Yeah, and I think, too, it's just, like, one of the things I think they did so well is just, like, um, encouraged us and empowered us, even as, like, you know, young guys in high school, just to really own our faith, own our ministry. And so, mm-hmm. like, that's why our Bible studies were all student-led, because they wanted us to be, like, missional even that early on. Wow, that's and, really good. Yeah, and then, like, um, something that I did and Ricky did and Jack Bertelson all did um, was a work study with Eric, our senior <laughs> years, and which... <laughs> It wasn't always a ton of work and it wasn't always a ton of study. Like sometimes it'd just be me showing up for the first two periods and we'd play Halo, but... Was that like your senior year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's worse, like, or just more lazy senior years. I know for me, I did not do much my senior year, but I um, digress. Yeah, I know. I'd be lying if I if I said that wasn't <laughs> part of the reason I did it, but... Um, yeah. It was also just a great, like, one-on-one time with this awesome godly guy who... Um, yeah, wanted to see me, wanted to see all of us, like, raised up as leaders, raised up as, like, people who will share the gospel. Mm, and, for sure. Yeah, loved it. And it got me out of my first two periods. And, sorry, so this is the setup I had. I had that. I had study hall. I did mock trial my senior year. Yes. Just because half the year, it's a study hall again. <laughs> and by yeah. then, I just had to show up for lunch, and then half the day was gone. Yep, yep. That sounds about right. Um, so you finished high school, you did this stuff with um, that church and just with Jack and Eric. So then you went to, I always get these two mixed up. Um, was it not Waldorf? Not Waldorf, uh, Wartburg. Wartburg. Wartburg wow. College. So yeah, walk me through, like what did you finish high school and all of a sudden you like got here to Iowa State so like why Wartburg and then like what was that transition like and stuff like that uh yeah so I graduated high school and was running cross country and got an offer to run for Wartburg with one of my really good friends Joel Mm. um so we both ended up going there and Joel was much better at cross country with me so he ended up sticking with it and I was pretty average and my shins hurt and I was just like you know I don't think this is the life I want to live anymore uh-huh. um but yeah go so that's why I went to Wartburg and then once I was at Wartburg I found this just like a very spiritually dry campus like their um their chapel really didn't share the gospel and a lot of times would share um things that were you know that would actually go against what the gospel says mm. and just yeah kind of struggled to find like that solid community struggled to find a place where um like I could just have people pour into me but I ended up meeting a couple guys from one of my classes um so Ben Pollock and Ryan Jalavet and they were like hey we're going to this thing called the salt company at UNI do you want to come with us and I was like heck yeah let's do it and so we started going to the salt company at the University of Northern Iowa, like a 45-minute drive away. 
Huh. And it was great. And then Ryan ended up becoming our connection group leader that year. Hmm. Um, but at this point, I was already like, well, I'm not running cross country anymore. I think I think I want to go to Iowa State now because like I was studying engineering mm. and Warburg's not a great place for that. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State just has some prestige with it too, but yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and so I yeah, decided I was going to transfer to Iowa State and Ryan said, hey, like I think you should apply for leadership once you go to Iowa State. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> like I don't know anyone there. I don't know what's going to be going on. Um, but I did it. He wrote me a letter of recommendation. And so I showed up to Ames and had no idea what was going on. Like, I didn't know if I was parked in the right spot. I didn't know what the MU was, but I was supposed to meet someone there to do an interview. Um, but I walk in through the doors and Jordan Adams again, actually walks around the corner and is like, Hey man, I'm interviewing you. I'm like, what the heck? Did you know he was at Iowa State? No. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I hadn't seen this guy in a couple of years. Um, but end up doing my interview. Um, was very relaxed because it's Jordan Adams, you know, hometown hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, ended up getting on leadership and getting paired up with the Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson is, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, Super big fan something that again i think you're just your high school experience is so unique because you went from a thriving like church and community like christian community in high school and then you went to college and then was able to like you went to i don't know how many churches you went to but like you just noticed you're like hey this isn't lining up with like scripture or the gospel and Mm -hmm. I will just say not a lot of college freshmen have that like insight or just like they're coming from such a rich community where they can, they know their own guardrails essentially, you know? Um, Cause yeah, I think a lot of freshmen just like come in and they're like, all right, either I find my friends usually they're my dorm floor roommates and I just, whatever, they're my buddies. But for you, you were just like, actually church is important. Um, what they teach at church is important and then you were able to like cipher out like okay this isn't there's not a whole lot here i'm gonna go to a salt company like i i'm i'm just kind of perturbed by that because i mean god is god is so good and once you just taste how sweet the gospel really is it's like once it's not there you notice you know yeah for sure that's that's really cool though so you got to Iowa State and your study. What did you end up? What was your major? Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, came to Iowa State studying chemical engineering. Took yeah, me a while right. to find out that I hated that. Like, um, was it just a lot of math, and you were like, it was just so much work. Okay. Um, and so many difficult subjects that I was just not. Yeah, just didn't have the energy. Didn't have the focus to follow through with. Um, what made you choose engineering like coming out of high school where you're like yeah i want to like <laughs> uh, logic and things with my hands you can tell i'm not an engineer <laughs> yeah. um no funny story i actually had no idea what i wanted to do but remembered seeing us have like motivational speakers come in you know and i was like yes i, was. I could do that <laughs> and so when we did our careers unit i wrote down public speaking for like the major I wanted to have and our English teacher was like, no, AJ, you got to pick a real major. And so I picked engineering basically out of a hat. 
Um, You're like, oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how I got there. So when you got to Iowa State and you're like, all right, I want to change my major. It was the first thing on your mind. They got to have public speaking. (laughs) Uh, No, by the time I changed my major, the first thing on my mind was, all right, what's going to what's going to get me out of here the fastest? (laughs) It was already my senior year by the time I I switched out. Oh, I didn't know it was that late. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I was in school for six years. How far away were you from graduating chemical engineering? Um, I was maybe through half of my junior classes, so at least two years, probably more. Did you have like a year, year and a half left of it? Yeah, if everything had gone right it would have been yeah at least a year and a half Hmm. um but yeah it was just not willing to put up with it anymore you know sure so what'd you what'd you finish with uh environmental science oh yeah huh so i guess my question for you now is like if you could go back and like re-choose your major Mm -hmm. would you choose environmental science um i'm not sure like i do i do like what I study, but there's just so many other things I find interesting too. I mean, whether it'd be like, I could, there's a life where I could see me studying history or statistics. That was, or, I was just thinking that like, you're a pretty big history guy. Yeah. But I feel like the thing is once I start studying it, then it's like, well, I'm not doing this for fun anymore. Uh, you know? And so I don't know what I would study if I could go back. I'm like the opposite. Once I am interested in something, I study it. Like, I remember being really into, I think this was last fall, I was really into Russian bombs, mm-hmm. and I just read a bunch of Wikipedia pages. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do the same thing with other things, but maybe not. Huh. Okay, so you're at Iowa State, you finished in environmental science. Yep. Okay, and so you got plugged into the salt company. You were on salt company leadership. Uh, what was that like? Like, you said you were kind of fish out of water almost in terms of like, yeah, leadership. Yeah, a little bit. Um, my first year, our connection group consisted mostly of friends of mine from high school. Oh, nice. And a few really solid guys too. I mean, that's where I met Dylan Snyder. That's where I met uh, my friend Aaron. Um, and yeah, I. What I usually say is just like, I don't think I was a great salt company leader. I've heard you say that a couple of times and I'm like, I think there are, I don't know. I'd be interested to know like how other people categorize what's good and what's not good. But yeah, for um, you, like for me, I just know that I was really bad at being intentional and really bad at like following up with people and making sure that the gospel was being shared clearly. Um, so like we had a ton of guys who did just grow a ton or like, you know, gave the lives to Jesus, but I don't attribute any of that to me. Like, mm. And maybe that's the best thing that could have happened. Just like God showed me his faithfulness and showed me how good he is just to like be at work in people's lives. Mm. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a few regrets. Mm. Yeah, but um, no, I did get to just grow a ton from that and see how God like redeemed all those situations and just showed me like in college just kind of like you know broke my hard heart and crushed my pride and just showed me that like you know every square inch of my life belongs to jesus like mm. there's not a single part of me that's not already covered by jesus blood 
And so like, I don't need to do anything other than just like let go and let God take control of my life. And, you know, just in that, like, yeah, the gospel is so sweet and I just need to like live in that, live in the joy that comes with that and let it overflow and share that with other people so mm. they can know how God good, how good God is too. For sure. Huh. That's cool that like you guys still grew. I think salt companies like they do a really good job of feeding their people from like their front. Like I just remember the teachings were always, 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 always relevant. Mm. Um, of course that means, I mean, you went through this. How many like years of salt company did you go through? It was like six. Uh, six. Yeah. I have been to every single salt conference actually. Wow. Yeah, because it started our freshman year. Our freshman year. Yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. That was with Bob Thune. Do you remember? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember anything from like nope. a sermon or whatever, but I remember them being really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, did you prefer um, so SALT Conference, for the people who don't know, usually in the spring, our campus ministry, the SALT Company, they host like um yeah basically a conference in des moines and they have people come there's like a couple sermons a day and there's also some breakouts just terms on like maybe there's a breakout on mental health there's a breakout on um life after college stuff like that just really relevant things um that was pretty fun and then we also had the fall retreats Mm, what good what, times oh man so fall retreats was more like you're outside you're in nature you can camp out and you're still hearing sermons and hanging out with people and it's a lot of fun but for you like what what did you prefer salt fall retreats or um conferences uh probably the conference like it's just really so, it's just so cool to see like all the different salt companies come together and there's so many people you've never seen before and you get to like get to know them, get to hear their stories, get to hear just how God, how God is like working, all over our network, um, and I really love that about it. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, yeah, for that reason, I can see why. But also, like fall retreat, that's much more outdoorsy, and you're like mm. pretty outdoorsy. I mean, for me, I chose fall retreat every time because there's I have to be like active, otherwise I just like feel like this potato that's just mm. sitting in seats the entire time. That's how I feel with like the salt conference. There's not much they could do with it. It's just the nature of being in like the middle of Des Moines versus yeah. being at hidden acres. Yeah. And that, that answer might've changed throughout college. Like I think, uh, you know, early on, like fall retreat, that's the thing. Like you got dances, you got sports, like yeah, it's just a ton of fun to just go and hang out with your bros. Um, as I got older, as my, you know, bros kept graduating on me, then it's like, oh, I guess, I guess maybe it's more of a, like, I enjoy just slowing down a little bit and seeing Mm. what God's doing. Yeah. No, that's good. So being through Salt Company six times, I mean, I'm like, yeah, you'd probably, I mean, you just hear maybe some similar message, but every year there was a sex talk, right? Yes. There's the sex talk. There was the, every year there's the, just the whole dating, like four weeks of, we're just going to talk about dating. Do you think like, 
I feel like I could give that sermon in my sleep at this <laughs> yeah. point. So many times. Do you feel like it's helpful though to like go through that four week series every year? Um. Yeah, just because I feel like you know, not every sermon is specifically for me. You know, like uh-huh. there are new people coming into Salt Company every year. And there are some people who will come in, you know, maybe just a few weeks a year who that might be the only time they hear it. Mm. But it just gives that many more opportunities to speak into an area of our lives that like can be really impactful, you know, like, um, like, like how many, you know, how many stories, like we ask people their testimony, like this dating or those past relationships or, um, sex, like how many times do you hear that come up? Like a sure. lot. Yeah. And, it's yeah i think it's just a good opportunity for people to hear that and hear what god has to say about that Mm. you know and how the gospel can speak into your lives even if even if you have a history with that you know even if like you feel like god might not want you because that just to know that he does for sure yeah and even kind of you said it already but just college students they that's like their life is like relationships and obviously you're like working towards your career but I remember for Anna and I um it's like right when we started dating and they went through like singleness dating engagement marriage and all four of those was super helpful like yeah we probably talked about all four of those messages all week just because there were things like we were asking ourselves um but like for you you would say like those weren't really for you or like yeah once you hear it the sixth time i feel like you, oh sure you kind of got okay. an idea but that's what i mean even like for you you know i'm sure hearing it like your freshman year versus like once you and anna were dating or were engaged like those oh, messages probably hit different totally yeah because as a freshman i'm like oh yeah this is totally gonna be me this year i'm gonna find her and like we're gonna get married and yeah i mean what freshman guy doesn't uh wife hunt but <laughs> Am I right? Like, you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you did salt company for a little bit and then IFC, that's kind of like, um, how I know you a little bit. That's probably where our paths first intersected. Mm -hmm. So how, like what year did you join? What did that look like? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first senior year I joined IFC. So your fourth year my fourth year okay um i don't know like things things are going pretty good things are going all right with connection group but a lot of the guys were either you know going on leadership or graduating or just going in different directions and you know eric warren came into a leaders meeting one week and was just like hey if anyone's thinking of doing ifc come talk to me and god just hit me with that i was like well i guess i'm doing ifc like, you were just like, maybe I'll go see what this is about. And he said it. I was like, yep, I guess I'm the one that's supposed to go talk to him. Hey, sorry, folks. Um, we got a man working on our dishwasher. Yeah, we had a man come and work on our stuff. So I had to step out for a little bit. But anyway... To go back where we're talking about, we're talking about you joining IFC. So you went to the IFC meeting and Eric just pitched like, 
serving international students. Uh, yeah. And so I talked with Eric and then talked to them again. He's like, well, let's go check out a, go check out a family group. And so I did that, uh, loved it and decided, yeah, I'm going to do international ministry, even though I have no background in it. Yeah. What did you love about family group? Uh, I loved just the family feel of it. Hmm. You know, you get to sit down you get to have a meal. You get to like invite people into your home and just love on them, hmm. you know, and in a way that feels, you know, really family oriented, feels like adoption, you know, and that's, hmm. that's like what God has done for us. And now we get to do that for other people. And I think hearing too, that just like, you know, 70% of international students will like never set foot in an American's home. Like that's heartbreaking, hmm. you know, and I don't know, growing up with someone who didn't have a ton of friends, I just knew like, you know, I would love, like, I loved when people did that for me. I would love to do that for other people. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I had no knowledge of the world whatsoever, but decided that like, this was something I could do. So this is something I should do. Huh. So what do you think, like, for you as a leader, was the biggest difference between leading a, like a salt company connection group versus like an IFC family group? Yeah. Um, well, it takes a lot more time to be a family group leader. Oh, uh, um, yeah. It's yeah, just a bigger commitment. Um, but one that is so worth it. Um, just to like, yeah, just to get to share the gospel with people who don't really get to hear it. And I think that's probably the other biggest difference is like, the amount of just knowledge about Jesus, about the gospel, about the Bible is just so much less mm. in IFC. Um, so it's not like you're talking about, you know, the message that you talked about on Thursday, but it's like you're just getting into the Bible for the first time for a lot of these guys. Did you like that? Uh, like being yeah. Bible focused versus like hearing the same message on like Salt Company or on a stage. Yeah, um, I loved it. I don't know that that's the model that would be best for like a C group just because, you know, you do have some of that background knowledge and a lot more of it is application, but sure. in a family group with people who have never read the Bible before, like you just get so many questions, even, um, even just about that, you know, about like, um, mm. about what the teaching is about who Jesus is about what the gospel is like. It's so easy to have those conversations because like people are just genuinely curious about what you believe about um and they're very open to yeah um like religion is not a taboo topic at least for most people like in 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 international ministry like people come from different countries um yeah so you started in ifc like being in leadership was it because you started your did you say you started your first senior year? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, summer before, technically. So you were a leader for three years? Uh, yeah, three years. Okay. Uh, two years as a student leader, then one year as a point person. Fair enough. Um, yeah, where did you have the same family group all three years? Or? Uh, no, different family group all three years, actually. So I was with the Vances my first year, and then we got connected with the Pucys and led out of their house. And then our group split into two groups. Because were you the really big group, like, every Friday night, like, 
Yeah. 40. Yes. And we... Oh, my gosh. We led out of my apartment, uh, which was not nearly big enough. So one night we had like 33 people just jam-packed into my apartment. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, is, you weren't in, in your house yet? Like, no, you, not yet. you didn't live in the house? Huh. Uh, so it was really great once the PCs moved here and we could use their house. Because they had just a lot more room than we did. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I joined with the PCs the next year, and Bailey went with Steve and Jean. And then my third year, Bailey and I got the opportunity to lead a group together. Yeah. Um, which was so sweet. Really cool. Um, a much different challenge. Yeah. Than just being an IFC leader. I mean, you're both young, too. I, me and Anna were in the same, like, space where... All right, you guys, we need more groups, and, like, you guys are going to be, like, the head leaders or whatever, and you're like, I've never done this. Yes, I'm not even the oldest person in my group. Yeah, no kidding. You have graduate students who are yes. 30 or whatever, and then you're like, yes. I'm 22, and I'm trying to yep. host, like, a family group. and Yep, and you do your best. Yeah. You learn. Yep. I feel like I learned a ton from leading a family group, like... Um, you know, just getting to like see my leaders just grow and learning that like, you know, when they're succeeding, we're succeeding. Mm. Um, just learning to like pray for them and encourage them. And like, yeah, I'm just so proud of like all our leaders that we had that year and really glad God gave me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. So would you say like that was one of the biggest things you learned or like, what are some other things you learned like as you were a leader? Yeah. Yeah. Learning. Yeah, learning just to like have joy in my um in our leaders like was huge and learning things like communication like those go a really long way if you can just communicate like what your expectations are you know what yes yeah uh, what needs to happen that week um you know like with our leaders with bailey my co-leader like um yeah learn a ton in that too and just you can see like God has gifted each and every one of us in different and unique ways. Um, it's really cool. And hmm. yeah, tons of things that God showed me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's big, especially as a point person, is like it's not a oh, what do you call it? It's like a I'm not a funnel where the leaders are funneling to me and mm -hmm. I'm like this head honcho or whatever of the family group. It's more of like, how can I make sure everyone is feeling good, feeling like encouraged and feeling like I have confidence in them to like lead well and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah, that's what you're saying. But am I correct or am I just oh, like... Oh, no, you are so right. Okay. You, know, you can... I think that was kind of free actually to realize like, you know, it's not about how much I can do. Like I can be the lowest capacity leader here, but if I am mm -hmm. like setting up the rest of the leaders in our group for success, then we're going to do great. Yeah. No, that's big. I think that one, that lesson alone took me a while, probably took me a good year and a half to finally understand. But my apologies to my own family group. <laughs> they already know, but anyway, um, so you you did IFC. Did you... I know you went to Vietnam. Uh, yeah, so I did a little bit out of order. So I did IFC. Then I went to Vietnam the next summer. Oh, okay. So you were... 
Okay. And that would have been like 2017? Uh, 2018. 2018. Okay. So yeah, my first mission trip. My first time out of the U.S. actually. Yeah, nice. Uh, how was that? How was Vietnam? Uh, loved it. I, my biggest worry going over was going to be, was that like I was going to get there, try the food and hate it. And luckily that was not an issue because Vietnamese food is great. A lot of pho. Did you have that? Pho. We had, we had boon. Mm. And I still don't know what the difference is. Um, but it's, you know, noodles and soup and meat. And that didn't like, is, was it pretty hot? during the time you were yes there. all the time i was sweating so much so you're like and it like didn't help that i had like long hair like down on yeah. my shoulders then too i've seen some pictures actually so like you're that's the thing i'm i guess i don't understand cross-culturally is like you're mm-hmm. in such a hot environment i went to china or whatever and then they're like all right for a meal here's like this hot soup and then you're like I'm yep. sweating, I'm wet. Like I'm hot drinking. in so many different ways. Too. Yes. Like hot like temperature, but hot like spicy too. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, you just got to resolve to be wet, you know? You're going to sweat so much. It's going <laughs> to rain on a moment's notice. Like yep. as hard as you've ever seen. And there's mm. going to be water up to your knees and you learn to get used to it. Mm. So before then, were you uh, like a picky eater or anything? Ah, uh, growing up, definitely. Really? I feel like coming into IFC, that kind of had to change because I mean, you have friends from everywhere and sometimes your friend from India is going to come up to you and be like, hey, eat this. And you're like, what is it? And they're like, it's good. Eat it. And you just got to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's just part of ministry and international, yeah. international ministry. So what was like your favorite food growing up? Um, I ate a lot of mac and cheese growing up. Which is maybe the most just like bland, oh you know, no, Midwestern Iowan option, but like I know a lot of people that was it. like that was it like mac and cheese, grilled cheese. Um, I think my friend Davis, that's like that's his ballpark. Um, so then when you like post Vietnam, are you much more like adventurous? Like, do you have has your palate changed in terms of like? what you like in food uh yeah i'd say so okay and yeah got a lot more used to the spice after that um yeah and i think i i don't know i love most asian foods that i've tried and just having that like understanding like all right all the asian food i've had is good so if i try more it'll probably be good Mm, yeah um yeah i think that's set me up to want to try more yeah i was the same way like i went to china and it's like well i'll try it and a lot of the stuff i really did like and then i came back i remember i came back i don't know if you had a similar experience but i like came back and i was like great i'm going to like go to culver's and it's going to be great and i remember thinking like i love culver's i still do but just that first bite being back in america i was like all of this is like really bland like there's no yeah. spice there's the seasoning and i was like i think america just doesn't have that has as much flair like nearly not enough flair compared to the rest of the world for sure oh yeah i feel that my first meal back in the u.s was uh at the wendy's at the airport because our 
flight got canceled. So we got like a $15 meal voucher and I ate, you know, $15 with the Wendy's. I was like, I've never felt so full yet <laughs> so like unsatisfied. Yes. Was that in Des Moines? Uh, that was in Detroit. Oh, love the Detroit airport. Okay. Some, some nice people there. If any of you from the Detroit airport, <laughs> yeah. well, you're doing I'm, good. I, for me, it's just, I think the design is cool. Mm. Like, well, I thought that. And then me and Anna on our way back from our honeymoon, we had to like basically run like four terminals down to like get on this plane or whatever. And it turned out once we got there, they're like, oh, it got pushed back or whatever. And oh, nice. Dang it. Anyway, uh, so you went to Vietnam, like coming back to America, were you immediately like, I want to go back? Like, I just like, yeah, raw. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, like getting there, I wasn't super excited about missions just because like, this is the exact opposite of IFC for like, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like IFC is like, you know, I get to reach out to people who are on the margins and invite them into our home and like get to love on them in the way that. You know, God loved on me when I was in the margins, but then when you go to I or when you go overseas. Over for, overseas for missions, yeah, then it's like it's the opposite. It's like okay, now I'm now like now I'm the outsider. Um, now like I have all the disadvantages put on me. I need and, someone to invite me into their home yes. and like feed me. <laughs> it's just the opposite. Like I need to be taken care of, and I didn't love it at first, but we just as we kept like reaching out to people and not hearing anyone who like knew the gospel, who knew Jesus was, it just became so apparent that like, yeah, people need to go and do this because people don't know Jesus, don't know the gospel, like mm. don't know the reason they're put on this earth. And that's like heartbreaking. So it might be hard, but we gotta go. Like there's yeah. you know 11 million people in that city most of them don't know Jesus, have never heard about Jesus. Um, and, like, if people don't go, then they're never going to hear. Mm. Like, I think my favorite verse, the one that's convicted me the most is um, in Romans 10. You know, it's like, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call upon him in whom they don't believe? And, you know, how can they... Uh, believe if they have not heard and how will they hear unless someone's preaching and who will preach unless someone is sent and yeah I've just been so convicted by that it's like well I can go I can preach so I should hmm. did you have that like conviction after you came back or like like you went to Vietnam did you have like that verse and that conviction during your time there or was it like you came back and you're like oh it was yeah more towards the end um just realizing that like you know we've got to meet so many people like we met like uh 350 people that summer and got to share with all nice. of them um but just like seeing that time come to an end it's like gosh i've never felt like my life has been just more focused on jesus more focused on the gospel just doing his work and yeah, I don't want it to end. And so I came back and I talked with Eric and was just like, hey, like, I think I wanna, like, I think I wanna go overseas long-term. And I was still like two years out from graduating at yeah. this point. And so 
starting to have those conversations um, and starting to just get some kind of idea of like where I would go and you know who we'd be sharing the gospel with but it's a long wait to actually get to where we are now which is still a long wait because we're not overseas yet. <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know if it's gotten any better <laughs> might be three years by the time you you know oh geez I hope not but Anyway, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I feel like just being overseas and having that first, just that interaction with like, there are no other Christians here. There are no churches here. There's, yeah. I don't like, what do you, they worship in Vietnam? Uh, depends who you ask. Uh, so let's say like college students. College students? A lot of the college students we talked to didn't really have any religion. Okay. Or their family was Buddhist. And so, like, they, because of that, they're Buddhist, but they don't really do anything with it, but might when they're older. And then we met some people who were, you know, like, nominally Catholic, but that looked no different than the people who were Buddhist. For sure. So what was, like, gospel reception like over there where they're like i've never heard of this jesus guy what are you talking about or was Um, it more like oh kind of i have this grandma (laughs) uh, a lot of them did have grandmas okay Um, (laughs) great uh no like sharing the gospel there a lot of it just looked like us meeting up with guys and hearing their life stories you know and then getting to share ours and just getting to share like how, you know, God has given us hope when we had none. And... Were they, like, pretty... Oh, interesting. Tell me more. Or is it like, oh, that's good for you? Um, a lot of it depended on the relationship. Like, I think Vietnamese people were just super relational. And that was another thing that shocked me and that I loved. It's just, like, you know, they're willing to sit down with a total stranger and get to know them. But then once, like, you're friends with them and you guys are just solid friends like i still talk to people from vietnam over facebook sometimes and nice um yeah like being like having those relationships just means i have that many more opportunities to um share how good god is and i think the people we saw like have you know just the most gospel transformation in their lives were the people that uh we had the closest relationships with Mm, yeah for sure. You're a popular guy. You're missing. Phone's blowing up. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. And now we're on the same team, which is also cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't mean to, like, switch topics right away, but there were some questions I really wanted to get to. Um, yeah, let's do it. Okay. First off, uh, what's your Enneagram number? Enneagram is a two- Okay, two wing three. Two wing three. Okay. And were you surprised by that? Do you see that come out? Um, Two being the helper, right? Two being the helper, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. I think my first thought was like, oh, I don't want to be a two. Really? <laughs> that sounds lame. I feel like a lot of people want to be twos. I want to be an investigator, you know, or I want to be a challenger. Like, those sound cool. Yeah. But. They're a little more feisty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I guess just challenger, but... But, like, I have found it to be be pretty accurate in a lot of ways. I mean, like, Mm. 
think one of the one of the things I hear from people the most is just like they love that I can encourage them, like yeah. the way that I encourage them and the ways that I just want to help people do better, like whatever it is that they're doing. So like maybe your friend's starting a podcast and you're like, yeah, I'll be your first guest. Yeah, no kidding. No, I've noticed that about you. Um, there's like a, there's a Greek term for it. I can't think of it. But it's something like you say a timely word. Mm-hmm. I find like you are that person who mm-hmm. like says the timely word. Um, like I think of just some of our teammates who were going through like a tough time and you like came through and you're like, mm. I multiple times I've seen this and I'm like, I've talked to Anna about this. I was like, man, AJ is just like, he nails it anytime. Like there's uh-huh. n- like, it needs it. You're going to make me cry. No, like for real though. Uh, you, yeah. You got to send me that word if you think of it. Cause I think that's, that's one like motto I've been trying to live my life by is just like knowing that a single well-placed sentence can, you know, change the course of someone's life. Like Mm. that means I want my sentences to count. Totally. There's definitely a proverb like in the Bible somewhere Mm because I was just listening to it. I could probably find that one too, but no, I think that's cool. And I'm glad you're a two, a guy too. I think that's pretty, I haven't met a lot of guys who are, well, our right. other roommate, I guess, Dan. Dan's too? That's it, yeah. That's okay. what he says. He's I a, didn't know that. He's a two-wing one. Okay, because so, Jacob Thompson also was a two, a two-wing three. Oh, yeah. Like me. Um, Interesting. Okay, maybe I just, like, forget who's all what, but... um, Cool. Um, In terms of friends, like, what character traits... Uh, attract you in friends um the biggest one would be just like loyalty which is hard to like you know i can't just point to someone in the crowd and be like that's a loyal guy that's yeah. who i want to be my friend but it's just like a friend who is willing to like you know invest in you and is willing to like say the hard things like that is the most valuable thing mm. i think in a friend and god has just blessed me so many people like that i mean people you know like dylan people like ricky Mm. um yeah who are just willing to be there willing to stay there and like um yeah and like want to help me to grow and i want to help them grow like that's probably the biggest thing in a friend Mm. that i like look for that i love to see yeah and that makes i guess that makes sense especially when you talk about like ricky and stuff like you're saying like oh i was like kind of low in terms of like friends and stuff in high school and he's like no matter what like yeah, i'm your friend now yeah, i don't think i would have anyone's first choice for a friend in high school but he was he chose you that's yeah. cool um cool so as like a friend how would someone let's say a f- you get a new friend how would they cultivate a relationship with you? Like, is it, I guess I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I don't think it would be hard. Like I, are there like activities that you're like, I love, I bond super well with these people or like it just grows. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I love to learn. So whatever like someone loves to do, I love to do it with them. Mm. Um, like, other than that, like just sitting down and getting coffee is a pretty, you know, pretty easy way to just get to know someone. Pretty, uh, yeah. And so that's been a lot of like the new relationships have started just like, yeah, let's go get to- coffee. Let's talk. And then I can figure out what you like or what we have in common and we can go do that. Oh, uh, that's really cool. You're like a, you kind of adapt well to like whatever people's interests are. Like, I know, I don't know, Dylan, you'll probably listen to this, but he's like, I'm into 5D chess right now. <laughs> Is that something you're like, okay, Dylan, I'm, let's do 5D chess. 5D chess, I have so many questions about that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's very easy to like, yeah, just ask questions and be like, all right, what is this? But also like, why do you like this? <laughs> yeah. What about this like interests you? Like I find that really interesting, maybe even more than 5D chess itself, you know? Mm. Do you feel like you learn a lot by like doing activities like, 5d chess with people let's say I think so yeah i think yeah you can just start talking about something and run with it and you'll learn a ton about that person mm. like you know like hmm, let me think you're like yeah let's run with let's run with 5d chess so like um if dylan tells me like you know yeah i'm really into 5d chess i'm like well, from that, I can interpret that you're probably pretty smart mm. and probably a pretty logical person. Okay. And so, like, the more you just get to know someone and their interests, the more you can kind of pick up on those things and just start to talk about those. Huh. No, that's good. I like that. It's good. Maybe it's also bad, though. Like, I do feel a lot of times like I'm just trying to, um, like, I just have this image of who a person is in my head and I stick to that and it's like, you know, I hate to make snap judgments, and so I try very hard to, sure, to like ask questions so I don't do that. Okay, so like for Dylan, maybe it is five D chess, maybe it's not. For me, it'd be like playing basketball or mm. probably like reading a book together or something like that. But for you, like, what's an activity you would do that you're like? If people, like, join me with this, I would be, like, a total open book, like. Um, let's see. Hmm. There's a lot of things, um, that, like, I have just a ton of head knowledge from for one reason, like, for one reason or another. So, like, you know, growing up, I was a Pokemon kid. So, if someone else was, it's like, oh, yeah, we could talk about this. Were you into Um, Pokemon Go? so okay. much i i was one of those people that would just join in with big mobs and try to you know go from pokestop to pokestop and um yeah super fun and i've had a few like international friends actually that i've been able to connect to with because of that hmm. um yeah maybe it's like we like to play the same video games or maybe it's like um seen the same movies we've been to the same places like just whatever it is, like, I would love to get to get to know someone, like, on that level. Hmm. Would you say, like, shared experiences, like... Yeah, definitely. Top tier, yeah. Huh. I mean, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of guys are like that. Um, so we're getting... Cl- we're, like, 
almost at the hour mark, um, which I have a lot more questions I wanted to get to, but we'll have to do another, another talk sometime. Part two. Part two. Um, a couple more questions that won't take up too much time. Um, you're a big podcast guy, right? I sure do listen to a lot of them. Okay. Especially when I was working as a janitor, I just had all those, all that free time where I could just like mindlessly sweep the floor and listen to podcasts. Yeah. They definitely have that effect. Like, or if you're doing, yeah, I can relate in podcasts like that. Uh, what, what do you listen to? Let's see. I mean, I listen to a lot of the like, the salt podcast so whether it's their you know weekly message or it's their equipping ones um or it's grain of salt you know. grain of salt <laughs> my <laughs> yeah my idol for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, those are great i love just getting to hear what's going on in the network um but outside of that there's there's like some movie podcasts some video game podcasts that i like to listen to mm. um one that I think we bond on is, like, Mr. Sunday Movies. Yeah, you actually introduced him to me, and I think I, I wouldn't even, they're not my favorite, but they're, like, just Australian and say weird stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, they're so random that I'm like, well, I know whatever movie they're talking about, one, it's mostly respectable, two... Mm. They're kind of just like random and hilarious and their pop culture, whatever riffs are funny, but yeah. So their podcast, uh, weekly planet, I listen to a lot. Mm. Um, and then I think one of my favorite, like limited series ones was super weird, super niche. I don't know how I found it, but it's called finding Drago. And so it's these, again, two Australian guys that do like a movie podcast but they like came across this like fan fiction book about Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, and they were just like, I have so many questions, like we need to find out who wrote this, and so they're like reading about the author and they're like, none of this is matching up, like we gotta find this guy, and so the whole podcast is like them trying to find this mysterious author that wrote like this fan fiction book, and it's. Like, so weirdly engrossing, but it's so well done. What? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard anything like that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, next uh, question. Well, I wanted to give time for this earlier. Um, but you said... I said this to AJ before the podcast. I'm like, you're the type of guy, AJ, that like you can, you're so full of like stories that are funny and like awkward, but also just like genius that you could probably fill up an entire podcast episode just playing those. But, um, what are some of like, you were a camp counselor, you grew up in Gardner, like you have oh some gosh. stories in your pockets. Some stories. Um, I think. I started telling you one the other day. And yeah, like, I, oh, I stopped. Save that for the podcast. Yeah. So tell me now. Um, yeah. So I went to Garner. Um, my sophomore year, we got our first like school laptops. You know, we, like we got these MacBook Pros and they were still kind of working out all the bugs of what that looked like. And so there was a lot of things that happened that would not happen now. 
Uh, one of the things in particular is like there was a guy who was like on our tech team, so he worked for our um, like our IT teacher basically. Right. And so he had like you know like all the admin, all the admin priorities and everything. One day he leaves like the admin username and password on his desk. Mistake. And someone just like grabs it, sticks it in their pocket, leaves. And this kicked off like just so many problems. <laughs> but he um so he gave it to like three friends and they're like, okay, we're gonna be like the dealers of the admin password. Like anyone wants to put something on their computer, they come to us. And so people were coming to them and like, hey, can you hook me up with Sims 4? And they're like, yeah, we can do that. And so my friends were like, yeah, like they're like freshmen, but they're getting calls from like seniors that have never talked to them before that are like, yeah, man, like hook me up. Can I get, can I get farm simulator? Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. say that was big in high school. Um, and so like everyone in our school was just getting like all this software that they were not supposed to have on their computers. And pretty quickly the teachers were like, this is bad. Like we got, we got to get to the end of this. So they like, every time they'd see someone they'd like, like, okay, you tell us where you got this from. Squeal. Or we detention. Yeah. And so eventually they work it back to my friends who worked it back to my other friend who like stole the admin password. Like that's what he did. Yeah. Um, and so like, this is all getting shut down. Everyone's freaking out. Like anyone that had anything that they weren't supposed to have on their computer was like getting detention. You know, they were getting like banned from sports for a week, stuff like Ooh. that. And so as all this is going down, my friend Brad, who has the Sims 4 download on his computer is like, guys, what do I do? Like they changed the admin password. I can't get it off. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, Brad, come over. And then we invite our other friend, Tim. And he's like, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, like he's the cleaner guy, like that they hire to get rid of the body. Okay. Like he just comes in, he's all business, you know, he's professional. He's like, where's the computer? And so we walk him over and he's like, apparently this isn't even that hard to do, but he was the only guy that we knew how to do it. And he like opened up the factory settings on the computer and reset it. And my friend Brad lost everything. Yeah. But he didn't care. He's like, thank you, Tim. Thank you so much. Yeah. I can't get internet now, but thank you. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of the story of uh, of the rise and fall of you know, the admin password. Were you, like, in the midst of this? Like you have... I was just watching it all go down. Okay, so you didn't, like, get the farm simulator. Nope, but a lot of my friends got detention for a long time. <laughs> I bet that IT guy just felt like an idiot. It's like, these freshmen just stole my passwords. Wow, that's funny. Um, one story I think needs mentioning is, I mean, you would even say it's a story, but it's something that came up. We we're talking about Tootsie Rolls one time. Oh, gosh. And we we're just talking about, you know, there's different kinds. There's like the chocolate, you have your fruities and stuff. And we had like people over and we we're talking about like how we eat them or something. And then like you yeah just go i mean when i was a kid you know we'd have a parade or it'd be halloween or something we'd get all like the tootsie rolls and all the tooties or the, the fruities fruities the fruities yes that's what they're called and i thought this was totally normal <laughs> yeah. apparently it's not but i would like unwrap all of them 
and then just mold them into a giant ball <laughs> yeah. and then just eat it like an apple. <laughs> was it just like an assortment of different yeah. fruities? It's just this multicolored ball of tootsies and fruities. <laughs> so, like, how big would the ball be? Would be like that big? This is not good for you know an audio medium, uh, but it's but like a, the size of like I don't know, maybe half your head. Yeah, like a maybe. Uh, what's that fruit? What's the bad fruit? A, a that grandparents eat? Yes, grapefruit. Yeah, I don't like grapefruit either. But cool. Yeah. Well, I again, if I have you on, like, I'll definitely give you more space for this because you definitely have more. Um, and people ask AJ for any like story or whatever. He has some good ones. Um. All right. Final question. All right. What aspect of God's character is most meaningful to you right now? I know. Um. Say God's faithfulness, you know, like because I am so very aware of how little faithfulness I have, you know, how bad I am at just being intentional, how bad I am at like, um, yeah, just being there when I should be there, doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, and God does not fail in that Mm. ever. And just like knowing that, you know, I have just this huge capacity to fail, but God doesn't is so reassuring to me. Um, yeah, just knowing that, like, God is good, like, mm. unfailing, and he is faithful, and he is going to keep to, like, all the promises that he has given. Like, I actually don't have to worry because God's not going to fail. Like, mm. That's great. Yeah. That's a good place to end. Well... <clears throat> Thanks, AJ, for, one, being my first guest. Two, yeah. uh, maybe had some hiccups here and there, but I loved this. Thanks for being on. Yeah, definitely. All right. Take care. We'll see you later. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. AJ is a really great guy. If you see him, talk to him. He'd love to meet you. He loves meeting people. And hopefully you have the privilege to hear a story or two. That'd be great. Um, yeah, stay tuned. I hope to put out another episode by this time next week. And so, yeah, stay tuned. It'll be another one of my friends. So it'll be fun. Thanks. Peace out.